0: Hello and welcome to the First Time Finish podcast. I'm your host, Ben Bochak, and today is not going to be like our usual episodes. Um, We will not be discussing the beautiful game and the wonderful parts that we love uh, and cherish, but instead we'll be dissecting the cynical European Super League proposal and the fallout which has happened since. To discuss all of this, I'm joined by my fellow co-founders Nina and Tom how are we feeling guys
1: <laughs> depressed <laughs> not great it's, yeah it's uh yeah quite um a kind of burning anger and upset i suppose that's kind of not gone away in the less than 48 hours since it got announced so it'll be good to kind of get things off you know get things off off our chest without um you know without just scrolling through scrolling through twitter <laughs>
0: yeah yeah What about you Ads? what what was your initial, My about initial impression? My initial impression
2: is how has all of this happened in just the space of forty eight hours? How has this happened all overnight? How have these clubs decided to drop this bombshell in the middle of a season when players are so tirelessly working hard to complete their footballing um, obligations and they do this it's uh, I don't have the words for it, Ben. Honestly, it's it's depressing. Just like Tom said, it's and yeah, we'll be discussing all about it today. So yeah, like like Tom said, just looking forward to get all of it off my chest.
0: Yeah, I mean, and for the sake of this we're all supporters of the supposedly big top twelve teams that are going to be found in the Super League. So we'll we'll have our own separate takes on our clubs participating in it. Uh, from a Liverpool perspective, I'm devastated, and I imagine both of you guys are as well. From a Tottenham and United perspective,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's um, yeah, it, it, it's a strange one. Being a being a Tottenham fan um, has been, it's not always been an easy kind of <laughs> an easy journey, but there's always been a, a, a joy and a, um, I guess, camaraderie in being a team with such always having such high potential and always feeling there or all thereabouts. Uh, You're going to have more good days and bad days, but without being well, having the all consuming, I, I don't know, the all the all consuming profile of a club like Liverpool man United I always took quite like pleasure in that. And then this coming along is, I guess it's not surprising that we would be in amongst it given the way that our club is run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the most damning indictment is kind of away from the Super League, and that was I think Mourinho sacking yesterday morning, and the fact that, that was such an obvious attempt attempt to distract, to you know dangle, you know, dangle a piece of a piece of support, what they imagine would be good news to the fans. They could they obviously knew that the fan opinion was against Mourinho, and within hours of announcing this the Super League, they throw this out there. As to gas, you know, to gaslight their fans to to show, supposedly that they're on the same page, and it's not that at all. It's entirely deliberate to distract. And actually, I, I wasn't. I'm not Marino's biggest fan at all. And it probably would have been time for him to go at the end of the season. But using his career, and him as a person, to you know, as a piece of as a piece of good news kind of bait, I think is is disgusting. I think it's genuinely disgusting. And this is a, you know, this is. It'd be too far to say he's bigger than our club, but Mourinho is the most profile manager in Tottenham's history. The fact we even managed—did it work out? Absolutely not. But the fact we managed to snare him was a a big sign of where we were going, and for them to just toss him under this new, seemingly under this new project is is is, is vile in my opinion. But
0: yeah, I think as well what uh, really surprises me and this kind of just the most shocking part about this whole thing is some of these top 12 clubs that are being that are going to be involved when was the last time like with, with Tottenham you know it, it's only been two years since they made the Champions League final but you look at Arsenal Manchester United and, and, and even Tottenham now they, they got knocked out by Didambo Zagreb in the Europa League mm-hmm. um, so uh, the, the sheer sort of cheek of these clubs calling themselves big, I think it's disingenuous. See, uh, and I'll include Liverpool in this as well because this season I don't, we don't deserve to be in the Champions League if, if we're not going to get the top four. Uh, and that, that's how football should be it should be about fair play, and you have to earn the right to be in these elite com- competitions. And this European Super League completely takes away all of that.
1: I think you're absolutely right, particularly with Liverpool, because um obviously Liverpool have been a you know a historic institution within this country for uh well for the best part of, of sixty of sixty years. Um but they went through a bit of a fallow period. Um, you know, in the between you know, between two thousand and seven and two thousand and fifteen, they did go through a bit of a, a you know, a period where their spending went down, their their on the pitch success fell dramatically and they started they they kind of acted in this in the same territory as the Tottenhams and Evertons rather than the Man United's and Arsenals. And they got back to where they are, partly through I wouldn't say whether good ownership, but good sporting directorship. And secondly for having Jurgen Klopp. And they managed to haul themselves back onto the top table and they have established a a terrific team. Um through sport through footballing sporting success and yet to then kind of you know that that should have been the model for how for how big teams can turn around their fortunes you know and instead they've they're kind of abandoning that whole that whole premise for this and it's so it's so disappointing it's particularly yeah i've always had a soft spot for liverpool and it's it's just it's very disappointing. Let alone like my own team, it's very disappointing to see it from to see it from mm. Liverpool. Less less so Manchester United, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah,
2: it's it's terrible every way you look at it. Honestly, um, because these two institutions, when you look at it in in the grander scale of things, Liverpool and Manchester United are not just plain old football clubs. They are well respected institutions in the uh, footballing landscape. And when they decide to take such such steps that are so that was so deliberately against the very spirit of what football stands for. It it really it really you know puts them in a bad light, and it's just it's not good. It's it's really not good to see uh, what what they've what they've come about, and they're so how how do I say this? They're very they're so blatantly open about it. You know we are fine with this. We're happy with this. This is something that we want, and when you know that fans are going to be against this. That you know, obviously there was someone in in the in the board that thought you know, okay, fans might not completely be acceptable of this, but we'll still go ahead with it. It's fine. We're getting the money. It's it's clearly all about the money. This this European Super League, and it's just I don't know, man. It's it's, it's very it's very depressing, and yeah, for Manchester United especially, uh, you know, the Glazers have been sucking money out of the club for. God knows, you know. Now it's been it's been so long. Uh, it's been well documented their their fractured relationship with with the fans, and that somehow has you know still kept uh, the club going because Manchester United, Manchester United, we are still one of the biggest brands in world football. And you know, it's uh, when 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 someone like Joe Glazer comes out, and he is one of the Top three. I think he's one of the top three uh, people under working under Perez, isn't it? He's so Perez mm. is the chairman of the New Super League, and Glaze is one of the other uh, vice chairman alongside Agnelli and uh, Stan Kroenke, Stan John yeah. w.
0: John W. Henry, and, and uh, John W.
2: Henry as well. Yeah, when you when you think about it, this is this is a pretty big statement of intent, really, from these clubs and from these people who are at the top of these institutions. About how they want to treat these football clubs going forward, and it's it's really it's really disheartening to see
0: yeah especially when it when we turn our attention away from uh english football uh mm. this this season has probably been one of the most interesting ones in uh italian football with yeah. Serie a. And it looks like uh, Inter and Milan, two giants of European football, are finally dismantling the Juventus hegemony, which has mm. lasted for well over a decade in Italian football. And all that has kind of been for nothing in the end. Um, like, like Tom said, Milan and Inter, well, AC Milan and Inter, both kind of work their way up from like like Liverpool, uh, and now they're kind of destroying their integrity as well. Mm. But but like like Ninhard mentioned, uh, I, I I think the orchestrator of the whole Super League te- seems to be Florentino Perez, Real Madrid's yeah. chairman. And uh, yesterday he, last night he gave an interview uh, to Spanish television about the whole project and the proposal, and there were, he, he made a few interesting and definitely contentious remarks about the state of football that I wanted you guys to get to react to. Um, the first one is about young, fo- young people and football. Um, I'll, I'll read out his quote. Uh, so just, just for our audience who haven't actually listened to the interview, I encourage you guys to do so. Um, so he says, 16 to 24 year old fans don't have interest in football. It's statistics. Teenagers are more interested in playing video games than in football these days, and we have to do something to bring them back. If kids say that the games are too long, maybe we have to cut the length of the games. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I just... <laughs> he, he, him and his, you know, him and his cronies will no doubt have have data to support that. They will no doubt have surveyed thousands of teenagers and ask them what they prefer you know what they prefer spending their time on and they will have the data to back that up I've no doubt about that but we also know that you know data could be you know you can you can shape data to however you want it to look yeah. and I can only speak from my own perspective as a English born uh, you know teenager now in his 20s who loved football from the age of five and grew up surrounded by people who love football from the age of five like you'd be hard pressed you'd be hard pressed in a, in a group of 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 male british friends you'd be hard pushed to find like more than two out of ten who maybe don't who maybe don't watch or follow football I, I I just I'm t- talk from my own experience anyway. Like I'm not I'm not generalising, but I just I just find that I just find that as a ridiculous sweeping statement, and it just it just reeks of. We're kind of saying before we before we started recording this that it just it's a political it's a political speech more than a sporting you know a sporting interview. Yeah. It's the speech of a of a of a right wing populist who ultimately as is is, you know basing policy on on trying to on trying to like reinstate his own wealth and his own status is 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 donald trump is what it is like that's i think
0: i think as well the most uh i I would love to see the data on this just to really see what he means because right now it's an empty statement Mm -hmm. uh like we're, we're all sitting here the irony is we're all sitting here and we're in that bracket we are 16 to 24 year old football fans who care deeply and passionately about the game and will watch Zilina play in the Slovakian Super League yeah you know? uh, so it's very ironic that he says this because in, in our experience that's that's not the case and to sort of challenge that as well like when has football held like a huge interest like i think football is one of those sports that has a lot of interest but it it won't always interest everybody so uh, in terms of that i would be interested to see what how what percentage of 16 to 24 year olds he's talking about because even if we're talking about 40 percent of the world population that is a huge number and i don't think that will increase if, if we are seeing Inter and Milan play week in, week out and Liverpool versus Real Madrid or Barcelona versus Chelsea, uh, I, I just don't think you can make an argument that that will be the case. Maybe there will be some neutrals who will tune in, but there's going to be a lot of fans, uh, core, deeply passionate fans about the game who are going to be completely turned away by this proposal and concept
2: yeah absolutely. absolutely i mean what what Tom said there you know is is absolutely true you can You can talk about numbers all you want and you can shape them to look any way you like, really. I mean these numbers are like you say, they're an empty case without context. We really don't know where this where these numbers are from which which countries has he surveyed, which countries have they looked into? We don't really know that. We just know that okay forty percent of so and so people are uninterested in football, apparently. Which is, which is i, I completely... just made that number
0: up he yeah, wasn't, yeah. He, he didn't give any figures about it no and, yeah and and, and and like you said that's the thing he could have he could have looked at a country maybe like america but mm. football yeah. is growing uh yeah. it does it does feel like they're trying to cater to the american market mm. because that's what they see as the most lucrative yeah um, uh, but yeah, it's just sad for us European fans. Uh, it's no, I mean, absolutely yeah. And he
2: he's he's talking about this age bracket of 16 to 24 year olds, when just like what Tom said, you know, he's been following football since such a young age, and I'm sure there are other other kids like him. I'm sure there are other writers and journalists currently like him who have memories of watching um, some great footballers when they were young, uh, maybe Gerard in his 20s, Thierry Henry, you know, legends that we hear. Or uh, we listen to these days. There are there are people like that, and i mean, speaking from my own personal experience. I have been invested in and interested in football for way before I was 16. And yeah, it's it's I don't know where he's coming from, honestly, but it's completely wrong.
1: I I, th- I think as well something that's important is if in him saying 16 to 24 year olds, first we need to work out is he talking is he referring to a global global scale of 16 Mm. to 24 year olds because Mm. if so then that that might very well be the case and we also know that a big reason for this for this super league being what it is Mm. is to engage with north american audiences and middle eastern audiences and southeast asian audiences so there might very well be a case that there is a there there is a lower interest in, in watching football in those territories where the, the domestic leagues are weaker. So the 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 answer there from Paris's uh, perspective is to make a a borderless uh, cross continental tournament that can engage in those in those places. But if he is talking about if he is seriously talking about that, that there is a declining interest in football in 16 sixteen twenty four yards in country, in the countries of the clubs that are involved in this in spain italy and and england I'm so, i just i just can't believe that i ha, like, like i don't i don't care what days he has in front of him i just cannot believe that that is true like, I, see, just, I just i just don't buy I, it
0: i i think i have an um, interesting theory about this so uh maybe he's looking at television figures and mm-hmm. uh, with the increasing you know like the amount you have to pay for BT and Sky Sports mm. in this country and, and, and other countries too. You have mm. to pay a lot of TV money to watch these games. And, and I think people our generation are not watching these games on the television. We're watching them on illegal live streams, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe, yeah. maybe those figures reflect that because we're, as young people, we're not, you know, we don't have all the money in the world and football has kind of become increasingly uh, out of our reach. And we're turning towards um, Total Sportec and uh, all these other. Don't name any ways more. In case you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, won't, I won't give away our, our favourite <laughs> version. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're increasingly turning towards these live stream sites right. to watch games. I personally yeah. don't pay for a sp- subscription for any of the
1: t v channels I've, I, I i think as well that you have to you have to remember that these he's given this interview so the headline the headline is that they're making the super league and he's gone this interview to give to give reasons supposed reasons for them doing it which will we'll, i know we'll, we'll name some we'll go into some more in a, in a minute but we're not looking at this as a this isn't this isn't someone who's looking at at societal issues and going okay so i'm looking at the landscape and seeing that interest in football amongst 16 to 24 year olds is declining um uh, that's one reason and and going through other reasons and then coming to the conclusion so what is the solution we're going to make super league i um, like fund funding in the lower leagues is 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 not we need more funding for the lower leagues what what we to do about it we're going to make the super league that's not the case they are they've come up with this for their for their their sole their you know their own greed and they are now working backwards to give these reasons to satisfy whatever people whatever small fraction of the population actually believe them like they they have not come to they have not created the super league to satisfy these so called issues they are creating they are naming these they are they're giving these as reasons for them doing it and it's it's bullshit i'm sorry it's absolutely it's rubbish it's, it it's just it's ticking off they they they're not even related i do not believe they're even related
0: no absolutely i think the whole thing is just it's just bizarre like he 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 he, he makes this comment about 16 to 24 year old fans but he doesn't really address the the, the issue uh, like the core of the issue really and that is that 16 to 24 year olds are turning away from television uh we don't tend to watch tv in the first place we're watching our entertainment through other sources and he hasn't talked about any of this how he's going to tackle this instead he's come up with this concept that oh we're just going to have you know inter milan play real madrid and barcelona week in week out and that's going to get young people interested when the the reality is i don't think it will if it's going to continue to be on traditional media and even if there is a subscription system i can't see people paying uh, how how much that money will be i I can't see people that many people our age being able to afford it yeah
2: and you i mean it's really surprising that they actually thought this through and came to the conclusion that this is the best way to go forward. Because, you know, what he said was, when you have no income other than television, you say that the solution is to make more attractive matches that fans from all over the world can see with all the big clubs. And we came to the conclusion that if instead of having a Champions League, if we have a Super League, we would be able to alleviate what we have lost. Yeah, I mean, it it's just, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. His, the, all the reasons that have been stated are complete and utter nonsense, first of mm-hmm. all. And secondly, it's, it's, it's self-serving to all these clubs. It's, it's, that's what it is. It's, it's all about them more than anything else. It's about them profiting. It's about them getting all the money. It's about them enjoying this exclusivity in, in the football sphere away from everyone else and just completely losing the, complete, uh, the, the ground of competition. There, this is not a competition. This is just 12, 12 guys or 12 clubs getting together and just, yeah, throwing money around. That's what it is. It, it's, it's a party. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly yeah. And that's the second uh, quote that I wanted to address. Uh, yeah. I, I read this one out as well. Uh, the Super League will be open... There are fifteen clubs that attract the most viewers who will have a permanent spot and five clubs who will enter every year based on sporting merit. The fifteen founding clubs are the ones that matter the most in terms of entertainment. The likes of Napoli Roma who will have a chance to be in the composition one year or another
1: see that that in itself the patronite the how patronizing that statement is he couldn't even. He tried so hard to to paint to paint this whole project as being as being holistic and being, you know, we you know this all you know the 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 money this will generate will trickle down through the leagues and will benefit the wider footballing community. That's how he's trying to paint it. And in that statement alone, he couldn't he couldn't resist by by turning his nose up at the likes of of Napoli, like Napoli and Roma. We're not talking about. Like, Napoli like historic European clubs and he said they might get the you know the other 15 will be the will be the, the the money grabbers basically and then if they're lucky enough Napoli and Roma might get to sit at the at the cool kids table like it's it's then it's not even it's not even being it's not even being discreet anymore it's in broad daylight, and if he's saying that about Napoli and Roma, then what on earth is, must he think about about West Ham, or Atalanta,
0: or exactly. Ajax? Well, like, exactly. I, I think Ajax and Sevilla are the two clubs that I would like to draw attention to because, yeah. first of all, Sevilla have won more European trophies yeah. in the last decade than Tottenham and Arsenal combined in their entire history. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, the fact that they I think they got a brief mention in this interview saying that, oh, you know, like Napoli and Roma, they will have the chance to enter the competition one year or another based on sporting merit. But th- there's been no outline for how that sporting merit will work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's inherently unfair to have these 15 clubs in this competition, just based on the fact that they will... Gen- I, I, don't, I don't even think uh, Arsenal these days I don't, I don't imagine they are getting that many viewers around the world like sure they're a huge club they're probably one of the biggest clubs in the world but I feel like based on their football recently people are just kind of turning off their games you, you don't really want to watch Arsenal at the moment so the, the notion that oh yeah Arsenal will attract like, fans because it's the best game because this, it's uh, Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, because it's Arsenal. But but let, let's be honest, it's not going to be because it's going to be the highest quality of football. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. because it will, so, it will generate the most amount of money. It's, it's, uh, and the fact that he's trying to make it seem like this is going to be an an elite competition for where the best players in the world will play,
1: is <laughs> not true.
0: O, on got... on on the current squads at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've I've got two. I've got two two burning issues with this, with this point. Firstly, is if, so say one of the five, the five lucky, the five lucky little, you know, plucky little, plucky little Ajax get invited into it, right? Say by some miracle, whatever happened, you know, say, say they, say they won it. Say they won the this Super League. What happens then? Do they get, do they get re-entered for the next season? Or, do, or do they become, you know, do they then get guaranteed a place? Or, or they just entered the, back into the pot like everyone else. Well done. Here's your money. You get entered back into everyone else. And secondly, the fact that there's been—I mean, there's been some kind of criticism of this, but obviously the the Belgian league and the Eredivisie are are combining. They're having to they're having to um, they're having to link up because they've suffered so badly from the from the pandemic. And you know, these are clubs that are very very reliant on ticket sales. You like, know, like us at Alkmaar, they have a they have a capacity of of nineteen thousand. You know, and they've that they, you know that's a huge chunk of their of their annual revenue. So they're having to combine two historic leagues with historic clubs. You know, and Genk, uh Ghent, Club Bruges, um Standard Liege. Standard Liege. Uh PSV Eindhoven, Ajax, AZ Alkmaar, Feyenoord are having to combine because they are suffering so badly. Not because they're trying to create a... They're not trying to gentrify mainland Europe. They're doing it because they are suffering. And yet, from that league, you might get... you know, If you're lucky enough to do well in this league that you've, you've had to create to survive, you might... If you're lucky, get invited to the Super League is grotesque.
0: I wonder as well what will happen to the Champions League. Will mm. it still go? Because in in, in his comments uh, yesterday, um, Paris said that he's happy for the Champions League to continue, and and maybe uh, you know they will pick the teams on merit from the Champions League, which I don't think UEFA will ever agree to. Can you ever imagine?
2: it just it seems completely and utterly impossible I mean the the kind of opposition that has you know that has been shown to the very idea of a Super League ever since the discussions began really I think um, I think a couple of years ago maybe since 2018 there's been more concrete discussions in the public forum about this and ever since then I mean uh, from what I've read UEFA and FIFA have been sort of opposed to it but in the past 24 in the past 48 hours sorry there's been so much, there's been so many statements stating that UEFA are so completely against uh, the Super League, and not that UEFA are, you know, the Saints Mm -hmm. of football, you know, UEFA and FIFA are no Saints either, but
0: yeah. We'll we'll, we'll touch on UEFA and uh, FIFA a bit later, but I wanted to uh, kind of, Tom, address this point about, you know, football clubs are dying right now, and Perez talked about this too, he said... Uh, with the revenues that the Champions League is creating, football will die from the biggest clubs to the smallest. So I, I I really wanted to wonder, because right now in the Premier League, especially this season, we saw the likes of Aston Villa and uh, West Ham kind of not really impacted financially by uh, the pandemic. They've, you know, they've still been able to spend and uh, invest their money. And uh, on the other end, you see, uh, you know, the likes of Liverpool, uh, who were literally counting their pennies to try and buy a centre back in January. And uh, Real Madrid, likewise, couldn't spend anything this summer. So I I wanted to wonder, is, is it really the Champions League fault that these clubs, these big clubs are dying? Or is it? maybe the fact that they are run recklessly by their owners and uh, through irresponsible spending. Because we've seen a lot of clubs far smaller in stature than Liverpool, Manchester United, Real Madrid, uh, being able to manage their way around the pandemic and uh, come out on top in, in a sporting, on on the sporting aspect of things as well. Uh Yes, yeah, so I kind of just wanted to get your your views on that, guys.
1: I, the I'm I'm sure I'm sure the likes of of Bolton and Portsmouth and Wigan, who was saved by the skin of their teeth, will be ever so grateful for the fact that Florentino Perez is now looking out for the wider football pyramid, Barry. You know, if only if if only Barry had held on a little bit longer, they'd have got some money from Real Madrid. It's it's the the ends justify the means, and the ends are the Super League, and the means are siphoning off the entire European pyramid to uh, as as a means to line the pockets of Perez and and Kronke and Henry and as a as a i don't know a reward a justification for that saying that they're going to feed and the figures they're talking about they're talking about 430 i think i heard that they'd be putting 430 million
2: mm.
1: back each season back into the back into european football just for reference each of these clubs would earn 400 million a season each individual club of these 12 founding members would earn 400 million a season so the so the cost of one club would be fed back into the white, back into the pyramid and the fact is clubs have been dying for a long time now because of the greed at the top of football because of and it and it did start in 1992 with the separation of the of the premier league from from the fa that's that that set the ball rolling that invited that involved that invited the billionaires to the table you know that put the power all in the hands of people like of Abramovich, Sheikh Mansour, of the Glazers, Enoch. So it puts it puts all put all the power in their hands with little with little regard for the likes of Barry and Macclesfield and and Portsmouth when they when they obviously plummeted. There's no regard. This is not. Yeah, I don't. It's just. It's I'm I'm just spe- I'm speechless that the Paris even has the the brazenness to to say that they are looking out for the wider
0: mm.
1: and that yeah. and that clubs will die if we don't do this. Clubs are dying anyway. Like
0: mm. uh... in his comments, you know the, the comments we mentioned right now, like some some of them are hard to I guess directly disprove. Uh, but there were a few comments as well, which uh, he, it, it, he contradicted himself in the interview or have directly been disproved. Uh, one of them was uh, at the beginning of the interview, he said, this project began after the club started to suffer from the lack of revenue due to the pandemic. Um, and then later on in the interview, when he was asked about the project again, he said, we were working on this for a long time, over two years. So that's a very contradictory statement and uh, we don't know what to believe. He was also asked about whether they have spoken to PSG, Bayern or Dortmund or whether they have invited them. And uh, his his response was that they haven't. And that has been come out and proven to be a lie by German media. There's, there's documents leaked where Dortmund, Bayern and PSG have all been requested to join this league. So... Through it all, it, like you said, it definitely does feel like a political speech with very little backbone to it or any sort of, like, like it's treating his suggestion is that, that this fairytale suggestion that, oh, if we're just going to have big games week in, week out, that's just going to say football. But it doesn't really go into the nuances of it or explain anything of how this will work.
2: No, I mean, it's, it's again, harking back to what you said, Ben, it's completely, this is about football clubs trying to save themselves from bad decisions over a long period of time. This is, you know, this is about these football, uh, this is about all these big 12 clubs, not all of them, of course, but then clubs like Real Madrid, um, or uh, like clubs like Manchester United as well. They've made bad footballing decisions over the years, and like you said there are smaller clubs that are doing significantly better than them because they managed well look at look at atlanta for example atlanta has such a brilliant model they are consistently able to produce footballers who play the right style of football who have a manager who has a certain philosophy to play and they have players who adhere to that you know you look at you look at aston villa as we spoke about aston villa aston villa you know were able to spend significantly uh, significantly better than their peers because for one thing they managed to stay in the Premier League so that would, that obviously helped but you still have to make good footballing decisions in terms of the recruitment, in terms of the people that you choose to bring in in terms of the people that you uh, make responsible for these decisions first of all and then the way that these football clubs have been run and now they are just trying to escape from their, from the consequences of their bad decisions by Starting this this European Super League, it's it's I mean yeah I, I honestly that, that's another reason why it's just disappointing to see
0: yeah you know. yeah I mean I'm uh, back to Atlanta on the very day that this was announced mm. they beat one of those so-called super clubs yeah, uh, yeah. in the <laughs> Italian league but yeah. yeah you're right I think like when Perez was speaking uh, I think uh, one of the biggest sort of signs that he was using this as sort of self-service is hmm. he at the end of the interview he started talking about Real Madrid signing Erling Haaland and Mbappe uh, and on, when literally he began the interview saying that Real Madrid's finances are in the, a dire state and yet 50 minutes after he said that fact and he talked about how Real Madrid are struggling financially. He's talking about spending hundreds of millions of pounds on Kylian Mbappe and hinting to the Madrid fans that you know they're going to do their best or they're going to try and lure him to the club.
2: Yeah, of course it is. Uh, and
0: you know th- this is the same club that also spent 130 million on Eden Hazard, a 29-year-old Eden Hazard. Uh, Barcelona as well, another club who have been run absolutely abysmally spent ludicrous amounts of money on Griezmann and Felipe Coutinho who were kind of you know in their late 20s so they weren't really buying an asset to sell on later on if we're talking about football business these decisions were really really stupid ones and I think even the same can be said for Manchester United to some extent you know when you brought in Alexis chantz for, you know, you didn't spend that much money on him, but the wages that he earned whilst at the club mm. hurt United. Big time, yeah. And, and, and that's the fact that these clubs are just that have no consideration for financial uh, security really, because they know that they are Manchester United, they are Barcelona, they are Real Madrid, and. No matter what happens, they can go into as much depth as possible, but they yeah. know someone will bail them out because of how rich and like prosperous their assets are
1: that, and, and, and that was always that was always enough that was always enough whereby you know you look at the you, particularly Barcelona, if Barcelona didn't have this on the horizon, this this the potential of this super league, or the fact that this super league will probably wager them a better cut of the Champions League money, because ultimately that's probably what's gonna I'm sure we'll discuss that later. But that's probably what's gonna be the result of this. Um, Barcelona would be going will be going down the Swanee. They they are they are on a terminal decline caused by terrible boarding decisions, keeping a star player who costs as much as Lionel Messi does into his thirties. They have been run abhorrently and yet because they are Barcelona, they get the chance to win. So they can run like this and their legacy will get them through because they'll win a league title or they'll win the Champions League and that'll push them back. That'll push the the fan favour back towards the board or even just make a financial, you know, make a dent in their finances that puts them in a better situation. Player sales, things like that. Um, and they, they can always just ride on that because it was like, it looked like their, their money would always be on the table. It would always be on the table. Sure football's a floating market and you're prone to, you know, peaks and troughs, but they're Barcelona's, they will always stay there. Until the pandemic hit and they re- and then it just spiraled and they realized being Barcelona isn't enough anymore. We we are actually in trouble here. And then <laughs> and then and then they and then so what do they do? They fast forward this situation where they get to you know, they get to they get they get to fabricate their own league. To keep them afloat, and I'll come back to it. Did Berry get the chance to do that? Did Bolton, you know, when, Bol- when Bolton was, were, couldn't pay their players for months on end, no. you know, did they? Did they have the opportunity to go and to go and a form a breakaway league? Of course they didn't. It's all of it's 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 a, it's a comment on society that the richest can. That the richest and most powerful, it's not always just the richest, but the rich and most powerful, be it in politics, be it in business, can can operate however they want until it started to pinch. And the pandemic was the perfect point where it started to pinch these people. And and yet rather than suffer the consequences like the common man has to do, they get to use their power to just to fabricate these situations, to fabricate these these survival these buoyancy aids like, it's just uh, yeah
0: i think a sad sad thing is, is that in my personal opinion i think we were kind of entering towards an interesting chapter in football history before the european super league because we were seeing the giants uh like real madrid and barcelona out you know being outspent by the likes of aston villa and leeds united and i think it was was becoming an an interesting period, you know, AC Milan and Inter Milan were kind of regaining their, well, still are regaining their power in the Italian league. And you have the likes of Atlanta, uh, uh, even the likes of Brentford in a lower level, showing that you can have a successfully run business. And uh, I don't know, these new sort of, I guess, pairs would probably call them plucky clubs, Emerging, in my opinion, were kind of exciting because they were kind of promising to shift the football paradigm, yeah. and all that, in my opinion, right now with this European Super League is at a threat and uh, kind of being pushed into the mud. But I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, UEFA and FIFA have been very uh, vocally active over the past couple of days since this announcement. They were the UEFA was actually the first, I think, to make a statement about the European Super League before the 12 big teams did. And I I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on how much do you think this is UEFA and FIFA's fault equally for not really doing that much in terms of, I, I, I don't know what to say, catering, I suppose, to these big clubs or...
2: I think
0: it's more about the regulation probably. Yeah, regulations and by suggesting that that their new proposal for the Champions League is also a a really really really, ridiculous format that is in a way just the lesser of two evils out of this new European Super League proposal. Uh, So I guess what are your thoughts on the 36 team format that the champions league is um uh, promoting which will also include um to uh, i think four teams if i'm correct yep.
2: who will be able and two, and to
0: yeah. f- four teams who will be able to enter based on their club coefficient rankings and not on where they finished or how they bef- uh whether they won the europa league or the champions league or how they where they finished in their domestic leagues.
2: Well, that, I think that's the, the Swiss modelism. That's what they're calling. It. That's what they're calling it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, what what does that to say, really? I mean, you've said it. The I mean, it's it's sort of it's become the uh, the lesser of two evils, even though you don't want it to be. Um, I think UEFA are. Uefa and FIFA are collectively just as accountable for the for, to lead to such a situation coming up because just imagine the very fact that these football clubs could so blatantly uh, the very thought of such a league coming to their minds and you know thinking that okay we can just break away from Uefa and FIFA it's going to be fine no worries we will find a financer and they have J B Morgan's financing the. Super League, and it's going to be completely fine. We don't need to rely on these institutions to help us find a solution. We just make our own way. We'll fabricate our own Super League to serve our own interests. And it's, I think it's a bigger, bigger indictment of the respect that these institutions hold um, when it comes to these bigger clubs, these 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 12 bigger clubs. And yeah, definitely they've, they've played a massive part in, in, in the formation of this uh, breakaway league and the new Champions League format is, it's not great. It's its more games for players to play when there's already so much during the footballing calendar. And especially when you think about the effect of play on players' uh, physique and fatigue after a pandemic-affected year, in which a lot of them had, have had to play games week in, week out. I mean, Bruno Fernandez played his 50th game for Manchester United against... uh, uh Yeah. He...
0: Injuries have skyrocketed this yeah. season,
2: yeah, it's, it's... And, and
0: I think it's important to note that you know UEFA are not that sort of uh, are not free of guilt or mm. blame in this regard because in a lot of ways I think they have precipitated this climate, and there they've had plenty of corruption cases. Uh, throughout the years and over the years, and you know, the, the the Qatar World Cup in itself is a contentious issue, and I think that's the sad thing because at the end of the day, we have two of these warring parties who are almost as bad as each other in a way. Yeah. One one perhaps just has a more insidious model than the other, but both models are pretty dire. Uh, in their proposals, and and what what is missing is the fan voice, the fan representation. Because at the end of the day, I think whatever compromise these two parties will come to, it, 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 I don't. For right now, I fail to see how it will benefit your average football fan.
1: Yeah, there's there's no there is no um, there's no all agreeing uh, kind of outcome to this. Either the the Super League is formed and it crushes football as we know it, or or it isn't formed, and UEFA are backed into a corner I where know. they where they compromise. In which case, it's likely that the, these teams negotiate a, a much bigger slice of the of the money that's generated through the Champions League, which in itself might be a bit more of a long term might be a bit more of a long term effect than the, the the kind of the uh the kind of racking ball that the Super League is, but that too will have a a crushing effect on everything beneath it too. Or like like there's there's no there's nothing good there's no good outcome from this. The fact that this has got this far yeah. that they've signed the statement of 10, whether it is genuine, because who knows this could all this could all just be a ruse. It could all just be a power play by these teams to assert just how powerful they think they are, and it's worked because they mm. are that powerful. It's not; yeah. it, it, these aren't clubs that are think you know. These aren't you know. We kind of laugh at why Tottenham and Arsenal win it, but these aren't clubs that are you know kind of pushing at pushing against the you know, pushing against UEFA and UEFA and kind of swat them away and say, well, this you know, we are we are far greater than. Than, than you individually, and even you collectively, the fact that this has got that far shows that they they are far more powerful. And I just can't see how Uefa don't eventually bend the bend the back. And afford, the same will be said for the for the national for the leagues as well. Like, can can Syria seriously attract a TV a television package if Juventus, Inter, and, and Milan aren't in it? Like mm. our, our, our broadcasts are going to want to show that. Yeah, that's that's an really interesting know.
0: point. Yeah. Like, oh, so, uh, I guess the question remains: is what can we do as football fans?
2: Mm.
0: What what is there? Because right now, you know, we're we're all voicing our opinions, but it's not really being heard. Like Perez in his interview, I know it was. You know, he, he conducted that interview with a friend of his, so he was never going to be asked any controversial questions but it didn't really address like you know the the frenzy that is on social media and, and 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 people voicing their disregard for this all over the world we've had you know the Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson united in this issue in this country we've had yeah. prime ministers all over the world denounce this including from my country Hungary we've had queen's royalty Uh, literally james Corden on um
1: his saturday
0: night live show uh was talking about it and uh so so we have a very strong oppositional voice against this and at the end of the day we as fans are the ones who are putting money into the pockets of these clubs by buying their merchandise you know paying for the t v right watching them play so it's it's, it's
1: it's hard to it's hard to gauge as well because there's the question of there's the question of what you do as a fan <laughs> do you do you mobilize do you do you reject <clears throat> do you reject the super league do you refuse to watch it say they get invited say this all say this all crumbles and the six premier league teams. Come back into the Premier League as a Liverpool fan, as a Man United fan, as me as a Spurs fan. Can I, can I, in all good faith, watch that club again? Like with that, with that, with that leadership, can I I genuinely attach any positive emotion to that club ever again? I, being honest, I'm, and people can say this is dramatic, but I, 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 I seriously struggle to see it. I struggle to see that this this feeling of deflation and that you are an inconvenience. Not even not even not even unimportant. You're an inconvenience to these to these
0: legacy fans, as the one.
1: That's the one yeah. legacy. So so thank you for getting us here. We're now going to carry forward without you. Why would I want to watch my team play again? And. That might not even be a conscious effort. There might be some people saying, "Well, I'm going to stay away from watching. It. I want to watch them, but on principle, I'm going to stay away." Equally, there might be people who feel too hurt to ever go back and watch their team play again. And then there's well, the other there's the, there's the other thing as well of like is it has this just proven to people that they that the way that society the Western society is at the moment that it makes the that the working class. Person, working class fan, feel like, well, what's the point? Like, what, what is the point? Like, mm-hmm. I, well, I think
0: uh, the only hope we have here as English supporter is, is for the government to somehow intervene, and uh, like you have in the Bundesliga, you have the fifty plus one rule uh, to introduce the same sort of legislation um, in here in England. And and that way fans can, in a very optimistic world, that way fans can somehow still get their voice back. But you're right, like, you know, as a Liverpool fan, my my team was playing yesterday, last night, and I felt absolutely nothing after this news. When uh, Sadio Mane scored, no emotion. When Leeds scored, you know, that would have been deflating for a Liverpool fan. To have having to concede in the last few minutes of the game against Leeds United, and when we potentially could have gone to the top four, and you know, come we've come from a situation where top four seemed unlikely to actually, you know, now it's seeming more and more possible, Mm -hmm. but all of that just got thrown out of the window in this situation. I had no emotion because it doesn't matter. We don't need to get top four. Like, It's just... Who cares? There's there's no incentive to do well in the Premier League anymore because if we are in this European Super League, it won't won't matter. Yeah, Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm exactly the same as well for me because, you know, to be honest, this season has gradually seen United improve by a long margin, I think, as compared to previous years because we started off pretty bad and, you know, uh, there were a lot of concerns about uh, this this squad's capability of even making the top four, uh, you know, and we are now second best in the league and all this improvement, you know, uh, is, is all for nothing now, I feel. And after all this news came out and after I saw United uh, were going to be a part of the league, they did not even tweet this. They did not even tweet the announcement out. Every club made a sort of default statement you know, that we are going to be one of the founding members. They released an article on their website. Obviously, they did. And interestingly, even in their media watch section, I uh, was, was looking through the top stories. All four were re- relevant to the European Super League. And I was, I was just, you know, they did not, did not tweet this out because obviously they knew there would be a backlash from the fans. yet I'm pretty sure they knew this. And that's probably a conscious decision from their, from their social media team. But personally, as a fan, I feel like all the improvements that the team has made this season, uh, the signing of Ahmad, Pogba's potentially, you know, staying at the club, uh, Bruno doing his his thing really well, Maguire, the entire team just just coming together in a really nice way, Dean Henderson showing signs of potentially being United's keeper for for the long-term future. All of this is for what? All of the backing of Solskjaer is for what? For the club to go straight into a European Super League, to disconnect from the Premier League, to disconnect from the uh, the very idea of competition, to stand toe to toe with uh, with the best clubs in England.
0: So See, it's just, it, it's,
2: yeah, it's in
0: just, an optimistic just... in an optimistic way, you, you mentioned Bruno Fernandez, and yeah. yesterday he was one of the few people who actually yeah. kind of voiced his opinion against yeah. the European Super League. Then uh, you had the sort of very uh, kind of ugly scenes on Sky Sports with Jurgen Klopp
2: Mm. who
0: also very, very clearly made his thoughts about the European Super League clear. He he doesn't Mm. like it. He said said it twice in both Mm. both his pre-match and post-match interview. Mm. You had James Milner coming out against it and... Patrick Bamford also making a statement. Uh, you had uh, Leeds and Liverpool supporters booing the Liverpool coach when it, it arrived at Elland Road. Yeah. And this is just after one game, you know, yeah. after the announcement. Yeah. This this has just been one game. Like, you you have to imagine this is going to be the theme of every top six managers' interviews post pre match. And every player who's going to appear and interview, the first question they're going to get asked is, what are your thoughts in the European Super League? And so far, we've had unanimous agreement in terms of the people who have spoken, up, spoken about it mm. and the fact that they don't like it. The only person, I think, who didn't really clearly voice his opinion was Thomas Tickle, mm. who kind of decided to sit on a fence. And, and that might be the case for some other
1: managers as well. I guess but, he's a new manager, isn't he? He's a new yeah. man?'. Yeah. New talent, and, and yeah. he's... And yeah, like like there are. This is the 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 worst thing about Lena. Like, footballers receive an incredibly hard time. Um, that sounds almost that sounds almost ridiculous when you think about the amount of money they're paid and things like that, and perhaps some of the behaviours that go on with certain footballers in this country. But in this country, the way that footballers are held up to a standard and often left out to dry. Look at how Mm -hmm. Matt Hancock, our health secretary right at the start of the lockdown last year said that he thought the footballers should be doing more to help with charity and things like that. Only for Rashford to come out and walk all over his disgusting reptilian party. Mm -hmm. Um, And these football, you have to remember I agree with what Klopp said, whereby of course teams are going to get booed because they are the face of the team. They are the, that is the tangible. You watch the team, the team are the ambassador of the club, so I get why well, you would boo the team. But you, it has to be a separation. This isn't mm. the club. Even if a club or a team, even if Thomas Tuchel or Jurgen Klopp agreed with the Super League, them agreeing with it isn't the same as the 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 people at the top who have made this happen. This is not this is not the work of the yeah. players. It's not. Well, the and thing is, they were none of these players
0: were consulted.
1: Yeah, exactly. They, they found ASCOP, about it Yes,
0: that. yeah. They they found out, and imagine that, what level of betrayal that is, to, mm. to be, to have found out about a fundamental change in the company that you represent, from your bosses. Well, from, in Liverpool's case, our boss has made zero statements about it so far.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, to have found out about this, all in the media. All in one statement, when everyone else does, I think is a huge, like, like players will be seething with anger inside, but because of commercial, you know, their, uh, and all those reasons or contractual obligations, they cannot really make, really speak their minds about it. And, and you know, all, the, all these players are represented, especially the high profile ones are represented by massive agencies. Who yeah. are who have come out today in, in support of the European Super League because yeah. the likes of Mino Raiola and, yours, 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 yeah, and George Mendes they are going to be profiting massively from this European Super League. That, because let's be honest, the, the huge profits that these clubs are going to be making and the money that is going to be pumped into the European Super League is a lot of it is probably going to go in transfers. And sales yeah. of clubs and who's gonna be benefiting the most from big money transfers, that's going to be the 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 big super
1: agents. Well you'd imagine there'd be a merry-go-round of managerial and player talent from within from within the league. You mm-hmm. imagine, wouldn't they? Because they'll only the the the, the coaches' wages will be astronomical, the players' wages will be astronomical, and the only people that'll be able to afford it. Will be players within that league. I mean, that's not—it's not entirely dissimilar to what happens now, but mm. it would just be that extra. It'll be—it'll
0: be a great—it'll be a greater extent, in my opinion, because yeah, what's if, if they're going to have so much bigger revenues, what's stopping teams from having you know an A team like Liverpool, you know, having Salah, Mane, Firmino, Jota, or whatever mm. in their A team, and then having a really strong B team for the Premier League, maybe have Jack. Grealish in their B team for the Premier League, and all these kind of players. If if they can afford it, what's stopping them from having two massive teams? Yeah, And absolutely. I think competition is going to be lost completely.
1: I, th- I think I think as well. You you've got a, when you're looking at like fans taking frustration out on the team. Football is a game of like, it's like you can look at the micro scale and you can look at the the macro scale. So the micro scale, you look at the things that happen on the pitch look at the training and the 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 tactics the individual moments that make a game equally from a fan's perspective the micro might be the getting on the train to go and see your team the you know if somebody doesn't have a season ticket the process of getting a ticket you know these are all very slimline moments that happen and they lead up to an event and they lead up to you watching football and enjoying football and loving it and loving everything around it and um as fans and people involved with football, it's always been a case of you've known that the macro scale, the bigger scale, was always was always murky. And everyone really didn't like knew or suspected that they weren't held in the best interests. But you were able to concentrate on the micro. The the, the micro was so all encompassing and so endearing and so um just you felt such affection for it and such enjoyment for it that you could say, well, I don't really, I don't really care about anything else that, that goes on in the, in, in the, in the bigger scale." So, you know, that might seem as a bit of a stick in your head in the sand, but some people that's enough, like, that is enough just to enjoy. And there's nothing wrong in that, but this, this blows, this blows that whole idea open of people. Cause I, for my personal se I don't, I would never, I don't think I'd ever really be able to just concentrate on just the sport ever again. I feel like the the finances and business, and the stakeholders involved with it are now so c- clearly, so integral from the bottom up, and top down, that I don't think I would ever be able to just go. Well, I don't like who runs my club, but I'm just going to watch this game because I want to watch. I want to see. I want to see Tongi and Dombelli and Giovanni Lassalle playing in the midfield. I don't think I'd ever really be able
0: to do that again. It's hard to disassociate yourself from uh, the owners now. And, uh, you know, we haven't really even addressed the whole thing about UEFA banning players and all that nonsense, because I don't... Let's be honest, we're all in agreement that's not going to happen. No, it's going to happen. And and, uh, I think what we can do as fans is... I, I don't want to give up on the beautiful game, and I think there are still aspects to it but that, that we can love and on a, on a lower level i think this is an opportunity for us fans who are kind of you know disillusioned with the top teams to to maybe find a, a new team as cynical as that sounds but you know this announcement is cynical in itself but yeah. maybe we can find our ways to kind of love the beautiful game at the same time, though, if this European Super League goes ahead, I think it, I will be personally massively challenged. And I don't know if I'll, I'll ever be able to kind of feel the same way for football. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the beauty about uh, the game for me is my club, Ferenc Varos in Hungary, who I also support other than Liverpool, because they are my local... But they were my local football club when I was growing up. You know, I I went to their ground when it was just nothing. It was just a very old, decrepit ground. And, you know, never in my life as a kid did I think, oh, we're going to be playing against Juventus and Barcelona when I'm older and we're going to be competing against them and almost beating Juventus if it wasn't for two last-minute goals. Yeah. And now, all that goes out of the window with this European Cup. That, that, that moment, that experience, I know at the end of the day, Farence Warish lost. They, they, they drew one game. But all those moments was, remain indelible for me as a football fan. That experience, the fact that I, I watched my team compete, the team that I watched when I was a kid compete against... Juventus against Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, and actually be able to hold our own was a huge moment as a football fan, and, and that's what the game is about. And, and to have that taken away, or, or even like a Dina Zagreb fan, like yes, they they ultimately they were eliminated by Villarreal in the Europa League, but they still had that moment of coming back from a massive. Uh, Deficit against Tottenham and yep. knocked, you know, a big English a Super League club out of the Europa League, Slavia Prague yep. as well. You know, their, their name right now is you know, not one that should be used in a positive light after the racism incident. And I think that's another reason why people are kind of losing faith in UEFA, because the punishment that they gave to the Prague player involved was just ridiculous
2: yeah
0: yeah and but but that's another matter I, I, I just think these small clubs do offer so much more to the game like i i don't know if you guys remember what we tweeted about mislav orsic and his hat trick against tottenham yeah. and yeah. that probably got the most engagement of anyone in in our entire history of tweets on the channel and that's because people love that that's what makes football football. Those kind of moments. And I think this, this just proves Florentino Perez doesn't care about what makes football great. He only cares about, you know, Real Madrid and buying Mbappe and earning Haaland to have a new Galacticos.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Like I, um, I, kind of, I suppose I have two kind of local teams. So I have the town where I grew up, up to uni. I uh, Yeovil Town was my local team, and I reckon I saw them the whole time I was living in. So being born up to the age of 18, I think I saw them probably play like seven or eight times, which isn't very much. And then for the four years I've been at been at uni, Plymouth Argyle have been the local team. Haven't seen them play once, and it's kind of made me feel quite guilty. Really, like I love football. Like I truly love it. I love feeling it, watching it writing about it, talking about it. And yet, uh, kind of always having my eye on European football and the Premier League. And yet, you have two clubs, Plymouth, Plymouth, I got much bigger than the Newville town, it's worth saying, who could have benefited from having, well, not just me, but people like me you know, interested in, you know, in buying tickets to go and see them, and helping them stay afloat, and not yeah. having to furlough staff during the lockdown and things like that, which makes me feel quite guilty, really. And I feel, I feel like that is one thing that will change from, from this. Is I will, I'll definitely have a greater interest in the football that's going on on my doorstep because. Mm-hmm. I think people have been saying it for years, and it's sort of a thing you say as a fan of a big club. You sort of say, "Oh yeah, well, yeah, we you know we know we know real football exists in the lower lower leagues." We know that, but you know, but I think that but is just being kind of wiped a bit by the disdain shown for us by yeah. our clubs, and it's sort of thing that people have warned about for years. That people have warned about it for years, but it's it's always been hard to you've you've always imagined, yeah, but that you know, I don't know it looks that way, but it's not not really the case and yeah i think that's something that i will maybe that's the only positive i suppose i can really take
0: yeah i I mean i I think that is that is a positive because when we started this website and this business and organization first time finishes whole. we always kind of i think we had this deal that we were gonna cover unappreciated parts of the game and in a way, I think we'll just that this news doesn't really change anything for us because we haven't really covered Super League themes anyway, mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. And we'll continue to write about the what Florentino Perez probably calls the minnows of European football. But <laughs> yeah. for us, it's what makes football great, and it's it's the stories that matter. And the stories that are important, and that that won't change, even if the European Super League goes
1: ahead. hmm Yeah, for sure.
0: A- any final comments, guys?
1: I I I guess the I guess kind of the only thing I wanted to add was just about how I think. I, I just think the pride, the, the money in football has just, we always knew it would eventually kind of swallow itself whole. Eventually, it would just get too, it would just become too burgeoning. And I hope if there is any kind of, it's very unlikely, but if there is any kind of kickback from this or there is any kind of regulation that comes in, I just hope it makes football more, for the for the average person again you know like (laughs) Valentino Perez can say about 16 to 24 year olds aren't interested in football well how about stop stop clubs such as Arsenal charging four figure sums for a season ticket when you can go watch you get a season ticket at Dortmund for or you become a member at Dortmund for 110 pounds a season whereas at Arsenal it's, it's it's over 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 a grand a season and even then, you're not guaranteed to even get on the waiting list. So that needs to like needs to change because if you're really if you're really interested about engaging people in football, you can't price you can't charge people hundred pound for a shirt for four shirts a season.
0: Mm.
1: Like, it's just, I think
0: yeah. that's a, that's a good point because I think this announcement has really hit home yeah. for a lot of fans who have kind of been oblivious to these things, but yeah. now. There is room for revolution. There's going yeah. to be mass protests,
1: and I I think as well because I think people have been oblivious, but because they've always felt that the money they spent would be going to the team, you felt that your your sixty to hundred pounds you spent on a shirt was going towards helping your team that you love. But this buying a back. <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's, in it's, it's a kind of roundabout way, you you're contributing to your club rather than just it's not just that you like the product that you're buying. Not just you're buying a ticket because you just love the, watching football, you you're part of something. But when you realize that you're maybe the part you play in something means nothing to the people who own it,
2: mm.
1: then I think that might make people reevaluate. Well I mean certainly made me reevaluate.
2: Yeah, I I honestly feel the same way too. Um I think in the grander scale of things, this should serve as a learning lesson for everybody, not just football clubs. Uh it should serve as a learning lesson. For pretty much everyone invested in football that these things can happen, and like Tom said, we are becoming we've sort of become even more uh informed of how things work in terms of where our money spent goes into supporting our football clubs and how they are sort of reinvesting that back into the club and everything that goes with it. I think this is this is a great um I wouldn't say it's a, great, uh, it's a great point of time, but it's an important stage where we've reached um, in terms of if the Super League does not go through and if these clubs are supposedly uh, welcomed back. I don't think they should be welcomed back just openly without any, without any punishment. There should be some... There should... I
0: think that uh, oh. just got cut out. Yeah, I just cut out there. Uh But I suppose we'll have to I, end I, it there.
1: I, I do. I do completely agree with what he says about.
0: Yeah, I. I, 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 I think his sentiment is that you know there. Oh, Nina's back. You can finish your point.
2: No, I was <laughs> just sorry, Ben. Saying that you know this this is a great reminder for UEFA and FIFA to be. Um, a bit more stricter in terms of the regulations in the future of when these football clubs are welcomed back, if they are welcomed back into the into the football. And, yeah, just make better decisions. That's, that's all we really want. Be accountable for what you are. Be, have, have a greater responsibility for the good that football is. And, yeah, yeah. I just, I uh, just uh, hope that uh, solo football isn't completely destroyed.
0: As many... Wrong things, Perez said. I think uh, one of the things that I kind of had to agree with is the fact that football needs to be more transparent, you know, uh, what American sports are good at and what what football should kind of copy and imitate from American sports is the level of transparency in terms of how much the players and the people in charge are earning and taking home. And I, at that level of transparency, I think, needs to be like made in all of European institutions and not just football clubs, but the FA, the Spanish Association, UEFA, FIFA, every single organisation should have, should be transparent. And that's just the start. Uh, I think there should be, I think... There, there, it's no coincidence that German clubs are the ones who are not joining this European Super League, and it's because they have a system where fans still have a voice. And uh, I think if if there is still a possible way out of this, it should be uh, a sort of approach to make that a global thing around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that, those are my final thoughts and uh, if you've managed to you know listen to our sort of incoherent rambles about everything that's going on in the European Super League, uh, we thank you for that. and uh, yeah, just if you, if you feel like you want to continue reading about the beautiful game, make sure you check out our website or at firsttimefinish.co.uk or, or our Twitter account as well at first time finish where we continue to post uh about the beautiful game in its purest form, I would say. Uh but yeah, thanks Nina and Tom for being part of it and thank you yeah.
2: all. Cheers,